as we welcome today back from sabbatical Stephen, Chase, Wake, and Beckon. We also welcome back from their sabbatical our choir. We have been lifted and blessed in many wonderful ways throughout the summer by solos and duets which were beautiful and helpful for us all and we are glad to welcome our choir back from their annual summer Sabbath. The peace of our Lord be with you. The leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, but not on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered him and said, you hypocrites. Every three years, the lectionary places those words in the path of the church throughout the world. And every time they roll back around, they remind us that having a Bible verse on our side is not necessarily the same as having Jesus on our side. The man who was angry about Jesus healing the bent over woman on the Sabbath clearly had a Bible verse on his side. In fact, when he said there are six days on which work ought to be done, he was quoting a verse which appears twice in the Bible, once in Exodus chapter 20 and again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. But apparently, having a Bible verse on his side was not the same as having Jesus on his side. Because, as you will no doubt have noticed, despite the fact that the man in this morning's gospel lesson had some Bible to back up his opinion, Jesus called him a hypocrite. What made the man in this morning's gospel lesson a hypocrite was the way the man was handling his Bible. He was probably a wonderful person, a dear and devoted child of God. But he was mishandling his Bible applying the Sabbath prohibition in Exodus and Deuteronomy literally when it came to the bent-over woman's life, but applying it loosely when it came to his own. A way of handling Scripture 
which Jesus called hypocrisy. A form of hypocrisy which is with us still. The hypocrisy of interpreting the Bible literally when it comes to others, but interpreting the Bible loosely when it comes to us. Taking a stand on the verses of Scripture which work for us and taking a pass on the ones which don't. Thinking about all of that this week took me back to the church of my childhood, a church full of dear and good people, Log Cabin Baptist Church on Napier Avenue in Macon, Georgia home to some of the finest people I have ever known or ever will know. People to whom I remain in deep debt to this day. But we took that kind of hypocrisy and raised it to an art form. We would take our stand in heartbeat on John 3.16 and John 14.6 because we liked the way those verses sort of hymned God up inside our understanding of Christianity. And we took loud, strong stands on Leviticus 18.22 and Romans 1.26 because we liked the way those verses seemed to condemn someone else's sexuality. But if someone had said to us, you should be taking Luke 14.33 and Matthew 5.39 and 1 Timothy 2.9 as literally as you take John 3.16 and John 14.6 and Leviticus 18.22 and Romans 1.26, we would have laughed at them because Luke 14.33 says you cannot follow Jesus if you do not give up all your possessions. And Matthew 5.39 says do not resist an evildoer. And 1 Timothy 2.9 says you can't be going out and buying a lot of jewelry and nice clothes and things. If someone had called us out on our hypocrisy, and pointed out to us that we were applying the Bible literally 
to other people's lives, but playing with it that loosely when it came to our own, we would not even have had a context for having the conversation. We'd have just laughed. Which is not to say that there's something wrong with having possessions or locking your door when you leave the house or owning a set of earrings. But which is to say that there is most definitely something wrong with handling the Bible that way. Sisters and brothers, that's just wrong. Wrong in a way that Jesus called hypocrisy. And it remains the most commonplace and blatant, unchallenged form of hypocrisy in our part of the world today. So how do we avoid falling into that way of mishandling the Bible? One way, the best way, perhaps the only way, to avoid falling into that way of mishandling the Bible is to be content to handle our Bible the way Jesus handled his. As you may recall from your own reading of the four Gospels, when the man in Matthew asked Jesus which words of Scripture were the most important Scripture words of all, Jesus did not blink, wait, or hesitate. Jesus said the most important words in Scripture are the words which command us to love God with all that is in us and to love our neighbor as ourselves. After which, in the very next verse, Matthew twenty-two forty, Jesus said, Every other word in Scripture hangs on, depends on, must be measured against, and interpreted in the light of those two commandments. Love God with all that is in you. And love other people as you love yourself. And the other 31,238 verses in the Bible will just have to get in line behind those two. Now, living that out can become enormously complex, bewildering, exhausting, and uncertain. But the rule itself is simple and plain. Sisters and brothers, 
as you know, I have about a four or five times a year when I really want to come out from back here and come down there because there's something to be said that begs to be so uncluttered by nuance or cleverness or even furniture. What I want to tell you is this, that when it comes to the way we handle the Bible, it really is possible for you to come to a place in your life where you decide that you will not use any verse of Scripture on anyone else's life until you have first applied every verse of Scripture to your own life. Listen, sisters and brothers, I am a sinner who is in the process of being redeemed, just like you. But I've been practicing not using any verse of Scripture on anybody else's life until I have first applied every verse of Scripture to my own life. Now, I have failed at it with great frequency, but I am here to tell you, the more you practice it, the better you get at it. And the Holy Spirit starts working in your life, and, and you start thinking that way. And, and, and then every time you pick up the Bible or the paper, you think to yourself, this issue may be difficult, this question may be complex, but the rule is clear and simple. You just love God with all that is in you. You love others the way you love yourself. You get yourself in that cross-formed position and you interpret the Bible the way Jesus himself said to interpret the Bible, which is love God with all that's in you, love other people the way you love yourself, the way you want to be loved and treated and spoken of. And then all the other 31,238 verses will just have to be figured out in the light of love. Oh, my sisters and brothers, that's how you learn to handle the Bible in a way that doesn't just add more pain to a world where there's already far too much of it. Amen.